You're listening to Healthcare Now Radio. Stand by for this just in the latest in healthcare innovation and technology trends with your HIT advisor, Justin Barnes. Thank you for joining me today on This Just In Radio. I had an amazing time this year at the HIMSS Annual Conference as we aired This Just In Radio live from the show floor, our fourth year in a row, and thankfully, they always get better. Thank you very much to all of my amazing guests that came by to share their time and thought leadership. Many thanks to the show sponsor, Lenovo Health, and certainly many thanks to Roberta Mowens and the Healthcare Now Radio team for producing this show. We've compiled all of the guest interviews to share with you in this broadcast, but look for many more in the coming weeks. You'll also find these interviews on our archive channels. Just check in at thisjustinradio.com. We hope you enjoy these HIMSS 18 recordings as they are all in their true environment with 40,000 healthcare and health IT leaders all around us. As this year, we placed our studio right in the middle of all the action. And you'll be able to hear the energy and hopefully feel it as well. Enjoy. So thank you very much. Dr. Jim Mould, Chief Medical Officer and Senior Vice President of Qualcomm Life, thank you very much for joining the show. My pleasure. And also thank you very much for joining the Think Tank this morning. Oh, it was great. It's a prestigious gathering, and uh, thank you for inviting me. You got it, my friend. We'll keep you on the list for sure. We're actually going to have about 10 to 15 minutes for this, so we can actually uh, not have to rush too much. We have a little extra time. Great. So... um, First of all, where's the high points from the think tank this morning that you uh, remember you would call out? Sure. Well, I, you know, the think tank really is starting to think forward the the most important aspects of us being able to advance healthcare from fee for service to value, and and I think one of the the, the key, you know, it's, it seems obvious, but but you really got to call it out and, right. and, and make it clear that that value is, is not possible without a access to it. Value is not possible without access to the data. Right. And, and uh, you know, the, the, the vivid uh, example was the calling out the experience from the 1990s and telling doctors that you're going to have to change the way you practice medicine uh, with a capitated payment. And and, and we're going to put all the risk on you, but you're not going to have access to any of the data you need in order to be able to survive that. I mean, it's untenable. Right. And, and uh, you know, the think tank really this morning, uh, you know, calls this out and then not only presents the, the challenge, but here are some of the solutions yes. that are real. And, and I think the other uh, pointed message, and, and this is one of my uh, soapboxes, is the reality is it's there's a lot of obsession and and focus on the shiny object. Right. Very uh, true. The gadgets and the, and the technology. And we're sitting here in Hims, but there's a lot of them around us right now, too. It is. <laughs> but you're right. You're That's right. okay. Yeah. Uh, but I think the, the reality is where we're at now is 
is we have cool technology. We have the ability to monitor patients, generate digital data. There are some real serious problems right now with data liquidity and being able to, I mean, it's inexcusable to be frankly where we are today compared to the 90s. Because mm-hmm. right. the 90s, the, the data wasn't digital and, you know, today the, the data is digital right. and yet <laughs> we're still not sharing. We're yet. still not. Yeah, they're operating it. Yeah, so, you know, the, the reality is this is an, these are our business issues, their policy issues, their the willingness to cooperate and do the right thing. Yep. I think, for better or worse, uh, some of those who are making this difficult are going to either do the right thing on their own volition, or they're going to get shamed into it, or they're going to get... Uh, basically forced it. Well, yeah, no, so the force was just here, you know, uh, three guests ago, it was Genevieve Morris, who wrote TEFCA, and they're going to, yeah, the government's going to push this further from their perspective. I, I, I had yeah, a conversation with her uh, this morning as well. Yeah, I mean, it's, come on, it's, it's, yeah. it's time to do the right thing, and, and you, know, un, uh, uh, you know, unfortunately, if they can't step up and do the right thing, then somebody's going to have to to just give them no choice. Um, but people people are dying, right? That's the bottom line. And we're spending billions of dollars unnecessarily because of these games with access to the data. Sorry, I'm just I love it. No, you call the way that we think the same way. So, what healthcare and or healthcare IT trends are you seeing from your perspective as a chief medical officer for Qualcomm Life? Yeah, it's an exciting time, uh, and and uh, I'm about to say something pretty bold. Cool, please. Uh, <laughs> make it bold. Roberta loves when I'm bold and controversial. I never am, so make and, it bold, make it controversial. And, and frankly, it's I, I honestly tell you with all sincerity, I am not going to be overstating this. What we're about to see over the next five years, most definitely ten years. Mm-hmm is going to be a profound moment in healthcare that will be looked back upon a hundred years from now and recognized as having the same impact on par with the introduction of anesthesia in the 1850s and antibiotics and immunizations in the, the turn of the 20th century. This next 10 years is going to be that impactful because of our ability to move from episodic, uh, what I would call uninformed care. Um, and we, we know it. People, well, Again, calling out just yeah. facts. We we know right now, just from the Institute of Medicine, at least four hundred thousand people a year, right, and many more yes. are dying as 
a result of our healthcare system. In other words, right. our healthcare system itself <laughs> is the instrument yes. of death. Yes, yes, it's killing. Uh, yes, and and so when you look at um, the fact that we have smartphones, we now have smart cars. It's a good analogy, even uh, the commercial airline industry. Each of those, I'll, 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 I'll take a few minutes to explain this. Smart cars. Um, right now, about 33,000 people per year die in a car accident in the United States alone. Okay. If you haven't seen it, you're going to be hearing a lot about it. There are now cars that have multiple sensors around the entire perimeter of that car that are monitoring the, the speed and the trajectory and, and the position of anything around that car to the point where it's making instantaneous, simultaneous calculation about the likelihood of crashing into something. And that car now has the ability to recognize a threat and apply the brakes faster than any human being can possibly do that and stop you from crashing into another car. The Institute for Highway Safety is now published its forecast that by 2022, enough of these cars will be on the road that it will reduce by one-third the number of people in the United States that die in a car accident each year, right? Wow. So we got smart cars, right. and it's all based on sensors and predictive algorithms. Now we look at healthcare, and in the intensive care unit, in the operating room, we now have the ability to plug in to this rich, beautiful streaming data. Yep. But we as human beings, sadly, are only capable of digesting and processing so much information at any one time. And in fact, the Institute of Medicine published this. In 2007, there's a study of cognitive capacity on the part of healthcare decision-making. It turns out that the, you know, even the brightest human being can, can assimilate about seven different sets of data as the basis of making a particular medical decision. In reality, these patients are now generating what amounts to about a million pieces of data per hour. Wow. And how many of us can actually make sense of that? Right. None of us. So what you're about to see is the, is the emergence of an intelligence layer that is going to be able to be applied to this streaming data, once we have liquidity, and be able to start to tell the clinicians, the nurses, the anesthesiologists, instead of this patient crashed an hour ago and thank God we rescued them, what you want is to prevent that crash. We don't want the plane crashing. We want the autopilot system to be showing the pilot what's yeah. On the horizon. Exactly. Yeah. So, in our closing, we have about two minutes left or so. What would you say um, are some of the things? How is Qualcomm Life addressing it from their perspective, these trends and what you're talking about? What are you guys thinking about in your over the next couple of years, your strategy? So, our strategic imperative is, is really enabling 
I would call it the, the, the stack that starts with the sensor technology. Okay. So we have a lot to do with uh, right now enabling in, you know, medication injectors and inhalers and, and wearables and sensors to be able to capture this new rich data. That's, that's starting point. Yep. The second layer is, is being able to connect that data and bring it into the downstream data systems, where the third layer, these predictive analytics, right now the FDA has just sanctioned something called software as a medical device. So this is now a, a relatively new category. The intelligence layer, the predictive analytics are, are going to start to digest these streams of information and we just announced uh, some very vivid examples of that uh, uh, here at HIPS. That's excellent. So in our, in our closing 30 seconds or so, what would you, how would you tell people, um, or advice would you share for people to kind of navigate some of these trends that you're seeing? I mean, where do they go to see it or, or what can they do to engage? Yeah, this is really the new frontier and, and the opportunities uh, are abound uh, in every academic medical center. It really is the triangulation of collaboration between the technology vendors, uh, the clinical uh, domain experts, and uh, this new participant called the mathematician. Uh, the mathematicians are going to be the ones that help us look at the data that's being generated by these technologies and do the pattern recognition and these new predictive algorithms. That's fantastic. Dr. Mall, welcome live. Thank you very much for joining the show, and thank you very much for joining the Think Tank this morning. Great to have you. My Appreciate pleasure. It. Thank, thank you. you so much. All right, we've got Justin Barnes is in the house. How are you, my well, friend? Anish Chopra, uh, President of Care Journey, and yeah. also former um, White House CTO. So thank yes. you very much. You always a great guest, uh, a great friend of the show. So thank you, and a great friend to you, my yes, man. you are. Leave me out of this, yeah, no, man. Always, always, always. Um, so thank you again, and um, so let's go ahead and dive in, because you always are a phenomenal guest, a lot of great ideas. What do you see out there for trends and or innovations that, uh, that you know, you're beginning to navigate or you recommend we navigate as an industry? Well, the, I, look, I'm biased, but SEMA's speech really set the tone. I mean, of course, Jared's framing, but yep. SEMA's speech, yep. we are all in on basically empowering consumers with access to their health information. And I would say if there was a thematic across the uh, meetings I've had this week, it is an awakening that perhaps we should start understanding and operationalizing what it would mean to have consumers actually control how their information is shared and used. And that, I think, for the most part, might have been academically aware, but may not have been operationally tested. Yep. And the message was unequivocal, we're moving, and people are now discussing, what does it mean for me? How do I better engage my patients? Do I have services they trust to allow me to use that data in a way that can make their care better. And I think that's the discussion that's healthy to have, yep. but uh, long needed. So you're talking about the Jared Kushner discussion yesterday? That's right. So yeah. yesterday, HIMSS, uh, Jared Kushner uh, dropped in as a surprise guest, made a commitment uh, on behalf of the whole of government yep. that you were going to work whatever uh, policy levers and convening power they had to make sure consumers have access to the information they need. And thankfully, in modern you formats, a lot we, yeah, we as a country, yeah, we as a country, and the great news is SEMA then backed it up with policy. Not only did she say we're launching Blue Button 2.0, which is essentially the operational service for CMS, but she said, I'm going to challenge the health plans that do 
uh, contracting work with us to support that same measure, including potentially uh, STARS regulation, which means it has a serious impact to the bottom line sure. of the plans that contract with CMS. Excellent. So what are, you, what are some big things that you're focused on, um, either over the last three months or the next three to four months in your life? What do you think? Do you well, so I, I wear three hats. Mm-hmm. So I would say uh, as, as a broad policy ecosystem, we need to develop a trust framework for consumer-directed exchange. Okay. Assuming a world where patients invoke their rights, have their information flow to where they want to go, today the apps they choose are not regulated by HIPAA. So we either have that uh, a weakness in our consumer protection fabric, or we find a way to voluntarily beef up the system. So I'm spending time on that. Mm-hmm. Second, I'm very keen on making sure the engineers are rowing in the right direction for uh, technical standards. Fast and furious to get more and more of the electronic health records mapped to the fire API standards. And I think that's work that's still got to be done. I'm not the engineer, but I'll be a convener, catalyst, nudger, and the Argonaut Project is making tremendous progress adding clinical notes this year, looking at uh, back-end authorization scopes so you can perform some B2B functions. And then last but not least, in my day job at Care Journey, we want to squeeze as much clinically relevant insight out of the information that ACOs, Medicare ACOs, get on behalf of their patients and that largely comes from the claims data, but as these APIs come to life, it'll allow us to have a consumer-oriented clinical and claims database on which we can help inform uh, primary care doctors and their support systems to better care for the patients that they're accountable. So give me, give me, I don't know that, I don't care journey as well, so give me 30 seconds on that. Well, so the headline is, uh, we take the perspective that if you look, if this was your mom in the ACO, my mom and dad both are in an ACO in Florida, Uh, What you want to know is if they've given you access to their information, which is essentially what ACOs get on behalf of the beneficiary, what can it tell us about opportunities to improve their care? My mom doesn't remember the wellness visit uh, anniversary date. Right. Uh, If, God forbid, they get admitted to the hospital, that they may be eligible for a transitional care service so that a, a primary care doctor can explain their discharge instructions. One out of eight Medicare patients today that are eligible for this service get it. Right. We have a long ways to go. So I could go on and on about a commercial for what we do, but the headline is there are uh, clinically relevant metrics you can derive out of the data that consumers uh, allow you to have on behalf of these ACOs, separate and apart from the traditional, oh, your spend rates are too high, you're using the ED too much. Those are sort of insurance reports, and we think this is really about clinical improvement. And you can use the same data asset for clinical improvement before we solve the interoperability EHR issue. Fascinating. So talk about some best practices that you might share for the average clinician, even executive here at HIMSS. You guys, you have some roundtable. I want you to talk about what you're going to do yeah. later on today. Yeah. Or versus that you guys have a, a roundtable. We do. Or, we have a roundtable in about an hour. Uh, what I'll say is, uh, I will say three things. Okay. If I were a health system CIO, and I see my brother Neil Gomes is in the house from Jefferson, uh, an evangelist for digital health. I would want to. De- I want to have at least one consumer directed exchange program on my list of things to experiment with to learn. Fascinating. Yeah. Well, consumers even trust us if we put an app in front of them, or they're only going to trust Apple Health and not us. Right. That's an important. So have a project on the books. My boy uh, in the house has built all of this. Is now laughing because he's like, oh, I, I did this a year ago. <laughs> Number two. If I were uh, a loved one, like a, a, a son or a daughter to a Medicare patient, yeah. uh, or I would, a grandson or a grandson, grandmother, yeah. yeah, 
I, I would learn about the notion of blue button and be aware that over a hundred app developers imminently will be convincing me to trust them with my um, parents' data to help me support them as their caregiver uh, as they get older in life. So I, I would be mindful as a consumer that the applications are coming. And then to me, the really interesting question is, in boardrooms across the industry, the question is, am I building an organization that is responsible for the doctors and hospitals who treat patients, or am I going to be a fiduciary on behalf of the consumer to say that if you trust me with your information, I will help you navigate the delivery system, even if it's to the detriment of the institution that sponsored us? Excellent. And I think that boardroom discussion needs to happen in this new data liquidity environment where consumers are in control. Awesome. So give us 30 seconds in your panel for the roundtable that you're doing in an hour from now. Well, uh, we're going to do two things. Uh, we're going to have sort of a, a practical, pragmatic section session Beautiful. where CIOs, the EHR vendors, and the standards bodies can come together to say, how much of the medical record can we map to fire, how fast, and how many different developers can we provide this to? Developers for patients, developers for doctors, developers to care teams and employers and the like. That's a kind of a candid discussion about how fast to move. Anil's laughing. Move faster, move faster. Okay. Third, uh, or actually later this yeah, afternoon, yeah. we're having a town hall meeting. Everybody is invited at 5.30. Come to the Developer Interoperability Showcase okay. uh, Theater, where we will have an open town hall meeting so you can learn about what's happening in the Argonaut Project, what oh. the Technical Standards Roadmap looks like. What's the Karen Alliance doing for consumer-directed exchange? Excellent. What is the Smart on Fire community doing around the new flat fire specifications for bulk access over APIs? Not only will you hear what's going on, but you learn about how you can participate. Because right. all three are open, collaborative, welcoming right. bodies, because that's how we roll, Justin Barnes. <laughs> all right. Awesome. Thank you very much, Anish. You're always a phenomenal guest, brother. Thank you. My pleasure. Have a great rest of the show. Cheers. We'll see you soon. Thank Anish you. Anish Chopra, everybody. All right. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you, Neil. Now, you have one of the longer titles. Actually, you, you win. You have the longest title of my guest. So I actually have to read this. Yes. But um, Neil Gomes, Chief Digital Officer and Senior Vice President for Technology, Innovation, Consumer Experience, Thomas Jefferson University in Jefferson Health. So thank you very much. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. And um, also, thank you for being a great collaborator here at Think Tank. Fantastic. So, okay. Hopefully, um, we're going to pull out some of those items today. So let's start off with... What you're seeing out in the industry uh, around actual intelligence, what do you see as some of the trends for uh, well, trends for healthcare or health IT out there? Um, yeah, so I, I think a, a big process-oriented trend is optimization of processes and uh, cost reduction. <laughs> you know, I, I think yes. I think that will stay uh, in place for a very, very long time. Uh, probably should. Uh, another one I wanted to be sure that I got the right point uh, is uh, the, the kind of work that my teams do, right? Uh, digital innovation, digital transformation. Uh, I think healthcare is coming to terms with the fact that digital is a game changer, right? And, um, and I know that uh, healthcare has been told this for some time, not specifically digital, but just technology. But, uh, you know, with the disruption in other industries and now that disruption coming home to healthcare, uh, you know, uh, we're, we're starting to realize that there's something here that, uh, you know, we need to pay attention to and that platforms uh, that deliver health and in our case also education uh, are very powerful and can uh, bring about a lot of change. So, uh, so I think that's another big trend. 
And then finally, uh, the last one, of course, is consumerism. You know, I think that, uh, uh, you know, we are, we are starting to see people take that very seriously. Uh, you know, two years ago, uh, it was defined as a kind of theme in healthcare, but no one paid it real attention uh, because of the value associated with care um, at the end of it. And, um, but now it is becoming a reality. And, uh, and people are making decisions, like even though uh, scenarios where uh, a, a patient nowadays will not even say they have insurance right. uh, because they want to try and negotiate a better deal than <laughs> so being so somebody true. that that's without me. insurance. That's yeah. right. I'm actually paying 80% less in 2018 than I did in 2017 for healthcare. Wow. Because okay. I became a consumer in 2017. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Big time. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. So, how are you addressing? And so, um, you know, and I know some of the strategies that we've talked about in the past, but how are you addressing specifically those trends? Uh, either for you personally, through your department, or your university? Yeah, so, uh, so um, you know, fortunately, I think that our team is in the right place at the right time. And, uh, uh, and uh, so, so, but I think that there are lots of other organizations that talk about this, but, uh, uh, you know, cannot execute for many reasons, you know, that are endemic to our systems, right? We are not traditionally... Uh, uh, you know, companies like retail or, and, and even they had problems, right, when their industries are being disrupted, hospitality, retail, the airlines industries. Uh, but they adapted very, very quickly because it was a do or die kind of thing. You know, in healthcare, it's still not reached that state, uh, right, because uh, it's a very human-centric kind of uh, uh, industry or, uh, or, or space. And, uh, and so, but I think uh, people, some people are getting serious, and the only way to really bring about change is to uh, is to really pay attention to true innovation. The way that Jefferson's doing, for example, I'll just give that as an example. Many other health systems are they're investing in teams of people, believing that they are not just health systems anymore, but they can be a software company, just like. You know, how's Tesla doing better than, let's say, Ford at this point, right? Uh, because they said, well, we're not just going to be a car company. We're going to be a car company that's also a software development company, right? That's also a hardware development company. And we're going to put it all together in this one value proposition that people are going to love, right? Not just an electric car, right? but an experience, right? And so I think that's what's happening to healthcare and needs to happen. Uh, and, and some organizations are realizing that and are providing real resources towards it, investing in software developers and designers, you know, and that's where I think the true innovation comes from. So, from your perspective, how would you recommend the average health system uh, begin to engage some of those best practices? What are two or three things that they can do or, or best practices to follow from your lead? Well, one is leadership, you know. I think uh, at the highest levels, people in the organization need to believe in this, right? Uh, to some, it may seem like taking a plunge, but really it's not. You see value very, very rapidly. Uh, and how much of that value you see just depends on how deep a plunge you take. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's quite amazing. We've, uh, uh, when we started out, you know, three and a half years ago or so, at Jefferson with our teams, uh, you know, we had a team of two Right now we have nearly 160 people. Right, and yeah. that's why is that not not because uh, you know you're uh, you know you're just creating. It's cool to talk right. about. Right. Something. No one makes that type of investment, right? Um, uh, for for just the coolness, it's 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 because we return real value, 
and it's exponential. So, you know, as our organization has expanded also, uh, you know, uh, we've, we've gone from being the three hospital system to a 14 hospital system. Right. Uh, that value gets compounded, you know, over and over. So, uh, so that's important. Uh, and, 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 and I think, but the most important thing, I think, is getting your leadership to believe in this. Right. You know, and they can start with small investments, see the value, and then they'll, uh, they'll, they'll believe in it if they don't. We have the luxury of having someone like Dr. Steve Glasgow, who's our president and CEO, right. who understands technology well, observes disruption in other industries, and is, is willing to make that, uh, that deep plunge, right, into doing things like this. Uh, so we are fortunate that way, but I think it can happen even at a small scale and, and, and amp up over time. I think, uh, I think that's a, you really have to start from that leadership standpoint. Yep. Yeah. That's fantastic. Neil Gomes, thank you very much for joining the show. It makes you a great friend of the show. All right. Thank you. Thank you again for joining me for this aired recording from Hymns 18 live in Las Vegas. And please tune in weekdays at 2.30 p.m. Eastern, 11.30 a.m. Pacific to always hear our latest shows. As always, you can track me on Twitter at HIT Advisor and use the hashtag ThisJustInRadio so we can respond to your comments from the show. If you miss any of this episode or want to hear more, all of my radio shows are posted at ThisJustInRadio.com as well as on Apple iTunes, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Google Play, and TuneIn. Also, check out the new website we've launched at justinbarnes.com. Thanks, everyone. Have a terrific week.